Is your child struggling with a specific subject or need help with homework? Are they asking questions that you're not sure you can fully answer? IXL Learning is an online learning program for kids. It covers math, language arts, science, and social studies. IXL is designed. This program will improve your kids' grades. Studies done in almost every state in the country. The kids who had IXL are consistently doing better. Powered by advanced algorithms, IXL gives the right help to each kid no matter the age or personality. And it doesn't have to eat up all your time. One subscription gets you everything for all the kids in your home, pre-K to 12th grade. So don't miss out. One in four students in the U.S. are learning with IXL. IXL is used in 95 of the top 100 school districts in the U.S. Make an impact on your child's learning. Get IXL now. And listeners can get an exclusive 20% off IXL membership when they sign up today at IXL.com audio. Visit IXL.com audio to get the most effective learning program out there at the best price. What's up, everybody? This is Trey Biddy with hogsports.com, H-A-W-G sports.com. Today, we're going to take a deeper dive into this Missouri game. We're going to talk a little bit about Arkansas basketball, the game that was, the game that's coming up with Curtis Wilkerson. We'll also get into some recruiting discussion as well. All that and more on Hog Sports Live. You like that ending? Live. Live. Well, everybody, it's Missouri week, and we talked a little bit about the game coming up on Monday, but obviously we're going to take a little bit of a deeper dive. Uh, Some things have come to light since then, obviously with Rakeem Boyd deciding to opt out of his, I guess, remaining 11 days with the team. And I stopped short of being, like, real critical over things like that. And in a normal year, when a player – I've made this abundantly clear, but I hate nothing more in a normal year, not COVID – in a normal year when a player takes it upon themselves to say, coach, I'm going to red shirt four games in and I'm leaving middle of the season. If you're going to leave and quit the team, do it, (laughs) do it before the season starts do it when they can prepare, when they can invest in somebody else. Don't do it four games into the season. I hate that. I just think quit is what it makes me think. I didn't like it uh, when Kelly Bryant did it. And Arkansas was recruiting him, who obviously went to Missouri. Um, I, I don't like it when any player at Arkansas does that. With Rakeem, it's a little bit different. I don't think we know all the circumstances. I hope we don't. I hope it's just not him just, you know, leaving. I think, you know, if it's just him leaving for the pro, I think he makes a bit of a mistake because some Arkansas fans, no matter if it's legitimate or not, will always hold that against him. You know, it won't be the same as if he'd, you know, been the guy that had stuck through it the whole time. But, you know, he, we know he's dealt with injuries. He, de- he hasn't had the same breakaway speed. It could be all of those things that factor into his decision. And additionally, maybe he's worried about COVID. I'll tell you what Sam Pittman said about it. I haven't got my Sam Pittman voice down specifically, but I'm going to actually try. So he was asked his thoughts about Rakeem leaving and what's left of the running back room. Well, <laughs> all right. Well, the tailback situation looks exactly like it did last against LSU and with adding Dominic Johnson. So, Traylon Smith will be our starting tailback, and you have TJ Hammonds, and you have Dominique, and you have Dante Buckner. The thoughts on Rakeem, he opted out. So, opting out means that you're concerned about the COVID virus, and because of those concerns, he opted out. That's my Sam Pittman. 
it's not polished yet. I still got to get the, uh, the tone right. But, um, I mean, I thought a poster on our board made a really good point that basically it's like, well, the shirt's red and it's not green cause it's red. <laughs> Sorry, Sam, if you hear that bad impersonation. I need a few more years with you. I got to have a few more years to get you down. I could never do Brett Bielema because Brett's so deep. And Brett had an interesting comment. So Brett's been linked to some jobs, Southern Miss, that's popped up. I could try to do a Brett Bielema, but it's just like I wreck my voice trying to. It's almost like a wake up out of bed, super deep voice. So I'm not even going to try it. Uh, but what, this is what he says about being linked to several college jobs. I've had a history in college football, so I think that's always going to be out there. I'm sure you can hear a lot of things on the net that are true or untrue. Yes. <laughs> you just kind of do your business, said Bilba. I keep Joe, his agent, abreast of anything that kind of comes my way. He's been great. Oh, no, she's me, the owner, not the agent. Uh, he, he knew going into this job, going back to last year, certain things may come up on my radar, and that's been awesome. Ownership's been great. I don't think Brett Bilba's done being a head coach. Obviously, the situation at Arkansas with how much money he's owed, not owed, is up for debate. But I don't think he's done being a head coach. He looks good. Looks like he's dropped some pounds. Maybe got some things in order. So, the game Saturday, 11 a.m., Saturday, December 5th, Farrat Field. Farrat Field, did I say that right? I don't know if I've ever said that out loud. Memorial Stadium. Uh, anyway, 11 o'clock, SEC Network. Last time I was there, it was cold, it was rainy, and Arkansas didn't want to be there. It was obvious. 38-0, whipping, spanking. According to ESPN FBI, Missouri has a 60.1% chance of beating Arkansas. wonder what that would be like if Arkansas was the home team in this one. This one was supposed to be played at Arrowhead Stadium. Arkansas missed out on some, possibly the most beautiful schedule in the history of the program. And now knowing that maybe that they actually had the team to compete with that schedule, I mean, they still got a pretty sweet deal having 10 SEC games. But, you know, Arkansas was going to go to, first of all, they were going to get Georgia. No, excuse me, not Georgia. Who was the, uh, they were going to get Tennessee at home. I mean, they got all the teams at home that they were supposed to get. So that hasn't changed, okay? LSU, Ole Miss, Tennessee, and Alabama. But they were going to play in Arlington, you know, and I know – but just think about the venue from this aspect. They were going to play in Arlington, okay? They were going to play at Notre Dame. They were going to play at Arrowhead and then have all those home games. That was the slate. Pretty sweet deal. It still ended up being pretty good. I mean, still ended up being pretty good. So with with the Boyd situation, just to get back to that, this is a different time. So I'm not – it's kind of like, you know, with special teams with Scott Fountain. You know, people have been disappointed with the way special teams has gone this season more than any other group, you know. Defense, offense, special teams kind of how it's been. So 
I kind of I, I give Scott Fountain a pass this year just because I do feel like that a lot could be impacted due to coronavirus with moving players in and out, things of that nature. And um, yeah, so I think you get he gets a pass. It's not like I'm not excited about it, but I think he gets a pass given his resume as a special teams coordinator. Pretty solid resume. So next year, all that gets thrown out. Hopefully, COVID gets thrown out. His resume gets thrown out, and we can just fully judge him right away. I did this. I took the same stance with Kurt Anderson before I decided I'd, I'm not a fan. <laughs> all right. Injuries for Missouri. They're down to 61 scholarship players right now. The only notable guys, however, that aren't available are backup quarterback Sean Robinson, who played last weekend in the blowout, and tight end Daniel Parker. Uh, and then also Jalen Knox, I believe that's their top wide receiver, uh, hurt his leg against Vanderbilt, so he would be considered questionable for this one. Before we go any further, i got to remind everybody there's plenty of ways to watch and listen. You can always tune in on Facebook Live. Be sure to follow the page if you haven't done so already. Interact with the video. Also available on YouTube. Hit us, uh, Give us a thumbs up there and uh, subscribe to the channel. Let everybody know that you, uh, that you like it, grassroots it, share it, all that kind of stuff. Also available on Apple Podcasts. Throw us that five-star review. And, um, yeah, again, let everybody know what you think of the show. Also available on Spotify, Stitcher, anywhere else you can think of to find your favorite podcasts. We're going to leave it at that. I pushed you guys hard on signing up, and I appreciate everybody signing up for our big 75% off deal. We were one of the top 10 sites in the network in new sign-up, so proud of that. I like to be number one, but I'll take top 10, I guess. What else we got here? So it's Traylon Smith. As we mentioned, we, you know, Dominic – Johnson, who has been out for a good bit. Traylon Smith, who has home run speed. I felt like he was trying to break an 80-yarder about every time last time and just didn't have a whole lot of success running the ball. Now, Missouri's stout on defense. They're strong against the run. They're really strong against the pass. The number three, I believe, total defense in the SEC at about 350 yards a game right now. So this will be tough sledding. It's not going to be easy. It's at Missouri. This isn't a guaranteed win. I think a lot of people feel good. I think, like, if you look at our predictions, which will come out tomorrow, you're probably going to see me, Mason, Curtis, Danny, probably all pick Arkansas to win. Okay. I'm going to get to Curtis because he's got a press conference here in a little bit. we got Eric Musselman coming up, so he's got to get on for that. I've been teasing Curtis for a little bit on, you know, teasing y'all about Curtis, some of the stuff we have coming up down the line. Just know it's very close. We got some fun stuff. Curtis does a great job covering Razorback basketball for us. One of the reasons we added him just felt like with everything Muscleman was doing, we needed to add a real hey, expert. Trey. Hey, Curtis, how you doing, man? Just talking I'm to you up really as I always do. <laughs> I love it. <laughs> so you were at the game last night. Yes. What are your initial impressions of uh, the basketball team? I guess that's your third game, three games, three and zero right now, right? Yeah, three games in, three and zero. Uh, you know, it hasn't been smooth sledding the entire time. But like Eric Musselman said last night, I mean, there are tons of ranked teams across the country that 
have been losing to some of these mid-majors and low-majors and things like that. So if you're going to be a, a little bit sloppy in the early goings of the season, you like to do it in a win. You know, last night, uh, I think for probably about the first 32, 33 minutes, it might be the best I've seen them look. I mean, mm-hmm. they were they were pretty locked in defensively. Uh, even the shots that and, – and UC Arlington's scrappy. Even the shots that they were making were contested for the most part. Um, I thought Arkansas executed pretty well. They, they cut down on their turnovers from the game before. Uh, but it kind of left a little bit of a sour taste in your mouth. Yeah. I know it did, Coach Musselman. The final eight minutes, they just went ice cold. Mm-hmm. Uh, and he's a little frustrated by that at the end. Connor Vanover's the best player on the team. Fight me. I, no, I can't. I mean, I, I have to agree. Uh, you know, to, to put up 12 points in 12 minutes like that is impressive. You know, that – he just changes things so much with, with his ability to stretch the floor, obviously, as a shooter and just being so tall. I mean, it, it, he, he doesn't have to be that strong of a guy to come down with the boards and things like that. And then, you know, on the defensive end, on that back line, you know, Coach Musselman referred to him as a goalie. I mean, he's just hanging out back there in case things get by everyone else. And he's just a great rim protector. I mean, his why, ability. Why, to, why didn't we see him, though? Why didn't we see him at the end? Is it just Musselman trying to look, give different looks and stuff? Because I feel like maybe they would have gone ice cold if they'd had well, him back there. Yeah. He only played and, 12 and minutes. Sure. And the problem is, and, and he talked about this after the game, and, and what teams are going to start doing is they're going to drag Vanover out on the mm. perimeter and get him involved in the ball screens and the pick and roll. And that's something, obviously, he's not the most fleet of foot, not the best at at moving laterally, and he can't switch. And that posed some matchup problems. So Mm -hmm. it's still a work in progress. I mean, they put in some different looks to try to, you know, maximize his ability to stay on the floor when teams do that. Uh, But it did hurt him last night. If he's not under the rim, he's not doing you a whole lot of good defensively. So Mm -hmm. that, that was the reasoning behind him only playing 12 minutes last night. Still would like to have seen him more. So, if he's not the best player, it's Moses Moody or Jalen Tate. All three of those guys look solid. No, Tate didn't really have a very good game. Um, but, really, it kind of feels like, you know, because we're looking for who's going to be the guy or the guys uh, on this team. And it, it's kind of feeling like maybe that trio right now. And and you never know what you get out of Desi Sills. He didn't have a great shooting night, but he brings that energy, which is really invaluable. Yeah, that's, that's really true. You know, looking at it – I think Note is probably the guy who can create and and make those plays offensively, kind of like Mason Jones. Not they're different players, but similar in the sense of being able to create off the bounce and things like that. But uh, he he is very streaky and he's a little nonchalant. Coach Musselman talked about just wanting to get more of a sense of urgency from him on both ends, but he should be able to provide some punch off the bench. I I think Moses Moody is the guy. Yeah. He's just so beyond his years, you know, 6'6", six, six, he's long, he can shoot it. Uh, obviously, you know, last night he got himself going by making a high IQ play. I mean, they were running an inbounds, and he got a little backdoor cut and then rose up and dunked over the top of a defender and kind of kind of brought the energy to the team. So mm-hmm. uh, he's he hasn't even been shooting it that well, but he's been the most consistent scorer on the team so far. I, I think he might be the guy. Yeah, I, I think that was his best effort too. I think, you know, he was kind of hunting his shot a little bit early on in the year. Definitely. Uh, let's flip over to this football game. How are you seeing things play out? You've kind of put your focus more on the Missouri defense. I focus more on the Missouri offense. What are you seeing out of those guys? Nick Bolton. Obviously, the leader of that bunch. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? 
Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Yeah, no doubt. Nick Bolden's very good. You know, I, on the SEC teleconference, somebody asked uh, Coach Drinkwitz over there, you know, if there's a comparison between Nick Bolton and Grant Morgan, uh, because they, they really operate in very similar fashions. And, you know, he's a he's a great player for them, obviously the anchor and the leader for those guys defensively. I mean, you know, if you look at the numbers for Missouri, I mean, they're top five, top four in pretty much every defensive category. Yeah. So they are pretty stout. You know, I, and I will say, and this is not to take anything away from them at all, but if you look at some of the teams that they've played, it's not necessarily – the offensive juggernauts, you know, mm-hmm. I mean, Kentucky, Vanderbilt, South Carolina, uh, even Tennessee. And they had an interesting situation with LSU, obviously, with um, ex- them coming up exactly, to Exactly, yeah. exactly. So, you know, it kind of looks to me like, hey, they've for the most part, they've won the games that they're supposed to win. They've lost the games they were supposed to lose. Um, and, and I tend to think that, that Arkansas should go out and beat them this weekend. Yeah, I think it'll be a close. Obviously, those road games are always always tough. Always but, tough. Uh, I look for Felipe Franks to to bounce back and have a really good game in this one. And uh, yeah, even though they don't give up a whole lot of passing yards and even fewer rushing yards. So Curtis Lipscomb is up next for uh, for Arkansas basketball. What do you know about them? Have you looked into those guys yet? Yeah, actually, I I watched them play yesterday. They they played at four o'clock before the Arkansas game, mm-hmm. and for a majority of the game, they were they were the better team against a a group from Cincinnati. That I mean, they're pretty much a perennial NCAA tournament team. So uh, they look good. You can tell that they're very well coached. They play hard. Uh, they have a big man. Astudula, I believe is how you say his last name, but just a big bruiser, 6'8", 265 pounds. They run everything through him. I mean, he's a guy that scores it and rebounds it. He also leads them in assists, a couple good guards. So it's one of those mid-majors, again, that's picked to win their conference. And the interesting thing about them, they've been playing pretty well, but they might be without their two best players. So they have an all-conference guard that's been out for the first three games, and they have a freshman Tommy Murr, and I don't know where he was playing, but this kid scored almost 6,000 points in high school. And, and so they're expecting big things from him. Um, you know, I, they, they thought that those two guys might be able to play against Cincinnati. I don't know if it's a quarantine issue or what, but they're, you know, they're 50-50 for this game against Arkansas. I don't know how that would change the dynamics of the game. But obviously, if Arkansas is locked in defensively and, and they start making some of those easy shots around the rim on offense, they should be fine. Curtis Wilkerson joining us again. You can read all of his stuff. He uh, did a VIP breakdown on, uh, you know, just a, kind of an analysis on the game on uh, from yesterday. 
uh, this morning, as well as uh, he also covers recruiting. I was wondering before we let you go here, Curtis, I know you got the, the uh, Zoom meeting with Musselman here in a second, but uh, what is the latest with Razorback recruiting right now? Yeah, they're, they're pretty much done for the 2021 class. Uh, you know, Trey Alexander was kind of the last big fish that they were on there. He chose to go to Auburn. Uh, and Musselman even alluded on National Signing Day that, you know, outside of what they always do in that transfer portal, uh, they don't plan on taking any more, you know, transfers, junior college transfers or anyone from that class of 2021. So right. sounds like he's going to wait it out for the portal and guys are, are popping into that thing every day. You know, they've already made contact uh, with the guard from East Tennessee state who, who put his name in the portal. He's a guy who averaged 20 points per game. So we'll see if anything happens there. And then they're putting heavy focus on that 2022 class. And, and I know there's a lot of guys in that state of Arkansas that they're excited about, you know, Darian Ford, Nick Smith, Khalil Ware, they're hot and heavy on all those guys, but they're they're talking to some pretty impressive out-of-state prospects too. So, mm-hmm. you know, Ramel Lloyd, one guy in particular, a top 60 prospect, 6'6 point guard, uh, very good defensive player, high motor guy from California. Uh, they zoomed with him earlier in the week, and I know he's really excited about the Hawks. So, we'll see what happens there. I don't, I don't, I don't think they're going to wait around to see if all those in-state guys are going to pick up on them right away. Mm-hmm. All right, Kurt, appreciate you, brother. Yep, he's on. All right, that's Curtis Wilkerson. Again, you can read all of Kurt's stuff at hawgsports.com. And you need to be following him on Twitter. It's uh, Let's bring his Twitter handle up, at Kurt Wilkerson underscore. That's a great follow right there. Okay, next up we're going to Danny West, VIP recruiting man, Danny West. Trey Biddy. Daniel, how you doing, brother? I'm good. What's going on, man? Oh, not much. Just uh, priming up for this Missouri game. Uh, we just had Curtis on talk a little bit about Razorback basketball. I'm sure you checked out the game a little bit last night. I did. Watched yeah. every minute of it. Hey, by the way, you need to start having Curtis come on last. You got to save the best for last, man. He's, <laughs> he's a lot better at this than I am. So, <laughs> Well, he does a good job. job. He's been a, a great addition. I guess he's been with us for about six months now, and he's been – just a great addition, uh, but I did have him on early day because he's got Musselman press conference here in a little bit. Oh, that's right. Yeah. yeah. So, Danny, let's jump into this Missouri game real quick. I want to get your thoughts. How do you see this okay. one playing out? ESPN FPI gives Arkansas, excuse me, gives Missouri a sixty point one percent chance of winning. Yeah, that's not surprising. You got to be able to run the ball, man. You know, I sit mm-hmm. here and I rewatch the the LSU Arkansas game. Absolutely. I mean, it's just. If you're not going to be able to run the ball consistently, now I'm not talking about Traylon Smith or or anybody else breaking these 30, 40 yard mm-hmm. runs. That's not what I'm talking about. You got to pick up runs. three or four. Yeah, yeah. exactly. And you say that now, more than anybody. I remember when we we're sitting in the press box, you're just like first down, first down running yardage. I mean, yeah. Uh, but to to your point, if you look at that game, Arkansas encountered ten third downs. I think that was it. Not a lot of third yeah. downs. Uh, they were no. zero of ten. And they did not have a third and five. They didn't have anything better than a third and five until the fourth quarter. I mean, that's, that's tough, man. That's that's going to get you beat. You know, now it's even harder. Uh, you don't have Boyd, obviously. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm sure you talked about that. But 
regardless, forget about that. I mean, you're going against a really good defense. Missouri had the one game that really got away from them from a, a rush defense standpoint. It was against yeah. uh, Tennessee. Tennessee got after them, I think, 232 yards, four or five rushing touchdowns. But that was a long time ago. I think that was week two. And they've gotten a lot better against the run. Offensively, man, I watch them a little bit here and there, and they're just kind of they're kind of confusing to me. I mean, for a team that I think they're fifth or sixth in total offense in the SEC, over 400 yards a game, but only putting up 24 points a game. I don't understand how I mean, Connor Bazelak has thrown for the yardage he's thrown for but only has five touchdown passes exactly it's so confusing a lot of that comes down to where they're at in the turnover margin i think they're 11th or 12th there in the conference that's obviously not a good thing for them but you know overall man it's it's a very evenly matched game in my Mm -hmm. opinion i think it comes down to the wire i think both teams are really good in the red zone offensively but Obviously, Arkansas leading the SEC in red zone defense. That's significant in my book. Arkansas being much better in the turnover margin, also significant. But again, man, I say it every time I come on your show, Trey, third downs, third downs, third yeah. downs. And it, it bit them last time out against LSU going yeah. over 10. And, uh, you know, Missouri's much better on third downs on both sides of the ball. So I think it's going to be a close one. Like I said, very evenly matched. You know, I said prior to the season, I had Arkansas beating them, you know, months ago before all of the schedule change. I had them winning in Arrowhead Stadium, which is where this game was going to be. Yeah. But I'm still going to ride with them. Don't feel great about it. Probably a field goal separation here. But close game, I'll take Arkansas. You know, Danny, it wasn't like Tennessee was just running for like 70 yard. You know, it's not right. skewed. It's just it, they were constantly pounding at them pretty That's good. That's right. But, like you said, nobody's really done that uh, since then. Uh, you know, you mentioned third downs also. Meanwhile, while Arkansas is going 0 of 10, LSU's 12 of 23, which nobody's had close to 23 third down attempts against them, but they were constantly just, you know, picking up yeah. short yardage, putting themselves in position and matriculating the ball down the field, as they say. That's what they say. So, Danny, recruiting, what's up? Yeah. Well, I mean, here we are. It's crazy to me, but it's December 3rd. That puts you 13 days out mm-hmm. from uh, the first day of the early signing period. And, you know, to be honest with you, I wrote about it, I want to say yesterday, maybe the day before. It's just kind of drama-free and not a whole lot of stuff going on. The, the hay is pretty much in the barn, as they also say. So, I mean, you just you got jinxing, guys. You're just jinxing the hell out of this. <laughs> uh, that's what I'm trying to do, man. We need some excitement here. Now, you don't want <laughs> Arkansas good losing anybody, yeah. right? Yeah. But maybe you can shake it up a little bit. But obviously, you got 20 guys, 21 counting the transfer, Jaqueline Crawford. Mm-hmm. So, uh, and you've got a shot here at, at Cameron Ball on December 16th. Yeah, it's kind of hard to shake it up date. too much when you don't have any. Like you don't. There's no secret visitors. You know, you can't have any of that kind yeah, of stuff. It's but, just kind of like, buddy, I think that's that's where you'd rather be this year. You know, I, I don't think you want a bunch of guys on the fringe. You know, yeah. I saw a Mississippi State commit the other day. He came out with his top five. Now think about what I just said there. Yeah, He's committed commit. to Mississippi State, and he released his top four or five. Arkansas mm-hmm. was in it, and I was like. No, I don't. I don't see that one happening anyway. But you know what um, I, you know what I, what I, the argument that I hate is when somebody commits and they say the work, you know, and they decommit. The work commitment just doesn't mean what it used to. You know, <laughs> players yeah. have always decommitted, but like, 
you know, you can be committed to your high school girlfriend, but that doesn't mean you don't break up with her at some point, you know? Yeah. Like like the first girl you meet and you start dating Especially and she's your children, girlfriend, right? you got to marry her or commitment doesn't mean what it what it used to, you know? Yeah. Anyway. Yeah, that's a, that's a whole another segment, buddy. <laughs> <laughs> yes, yeah, it is. Call me back after the show and we can talk about that one. Yes, it is. Hey, we've got a great, by the way, we've got a great pet peeve post, you know, like on our message board, the Razor's Edge Premium Forum, yeah. for those of you who know. Uh, you know, we go off topic a lot of times too. It's not just Razorback talk, but, uh, the pet peeves thread that's going today is, uh, is pretty solid. Yeah. I chimed in. Do you list yours yet? Yeah. I listed a couple, like, you know, there were some things like, um, I don't, my wife doesn't do this anymore, but she used to wake me up to tell me she couldn't sleep. (laughs) (laughs) And somebody had, uh, uh, like espresso, like when people say espresso instead of espresso, espresso yeah. yeah. Or people say warsh, which I kind of like when people say warsh. I'm gonna go Washington, eat some squash. Yeah. <laughs> like Washington. Yep. Yeah. Hey, uh, you know, I sat there and I was listing all of mine last night, and then, I, man, I could, I felt like I could have gone the next 24 hours. You had a long post. Listing. Yeah, and I was like, man, I'm one miserable sucker. <laughs> I'm, just, I'm mad about everything. Let me get off this thing. Yeah, I hear you. Yeah. Um, all right, Danny. Well, I think we yeah. pretty much wrapped it up there. Cool. So, um, yeah, I guess yeah, we'll look forward, forward to your content to, uh, on Saturday. Looking forward to the next couple of weeks, man. Hopefully uh, hopefully Cameron Ball, you know, if you're an Arkansas fan, you want to see that go in your – your direction because they put a lot of work in there so he's yeah. the big one keep yeah. your eyes peeled for him they could use another defensive tackle and that's uh the 16th right so signing day that's right all signing right so we're right around the, yeah we're right around the corner and what's crazy about this too danny is like a lot of these guys have never actually been to arkansas's campus it's wild yeah. it's wild all right brother all right man See all right you. so for those of you who don't follow danny on twitter you can follow him at danny west one or excuse me we got to get that changed he's now at danny west two four seven so I got to change this graphic. Thanks, Danny. All right. Just a couple more things I want to go over. We always do this five burning questions, keys to victory. Questions this week from Curtis are: What does Odom have in store for his former team? And this is a big, this is a big deal. It feels like so many times when it's like a revenge opportunity, or we're going to show you opportunity. Arkansas doesn't quite get it done. This is a big one. I mean. The school fired Barry Odom, the school that he went to. He knows all the players on the team, most of them. That's his defense out there in a lot of ways. There's a lot of continuity, you know, with their defensive coordinator and all that stuff. But that's a great question. Like, what does Barry Odom have in store for his former team? How much of an impact is that all going to be? You know, he's going to be up in the box. Will he come down afterwards? I assume he will and try to maybe talk to some of his former players. Can the quick strike hogs sustain long drives offensively? Now, I remember, uh, like, you guys remember when Mike Anderson was coaching against Missouri for the first time, and what's that short little fella's name who was coaching them and just kind of – they kind of tanked, and he ended up, like, leaving to Tulsa. Anyway, he was acting like he was going to fight Mike Anderson at one point. Get out of here. Mike Anderson would have kicked his ass. <laughs> Can the quick strike hogs sustain long drives offensively? That's a great question, too. I mean, like, 
they just weren't picking up good first yardage against LSU. We covered that pretty well. Besides Smith, who can the Hogs count on the backfield? They don't have Rakeem. Amante Spivey also trans, uh, opted out. I don't know if he's going to still retain, remain with it. It's going to be a big question. Like all these players that are opting out, you still staying with the team? How's that going to work? So besides Smith, who can the Hogs count on in the backfield? Dominic Johnson, TJ Hammonds is back there. Dante Buckner, walk on from Whitehall. Those are your backs. Traylon Burks, you move him back in the backfield a little bit more. Will the Hogs muster up any form of a pass rush? They've struggled in that area. I think they would have liked to have run four down linemen against LSU some, but they just didn't have the bodies. And looking back on that, when you see who's out there, that game might should have been canceled. I mean, you've got enough defensive linemen out there, but, I mean, they were moving the ball. I mean, the reason LSU had 23 third down attempts and converted 12 of them is because they were able to run the ball right at Arkansas and they were able to fall forward for extra yards. And that's what I worry about for Arkansas not having Rakeem because once he did cross the line, he would fall forward. Can Arkansas seize the opportunity? Arkansas lost four in a row to Missouri. Now, I get losing four in a row to Alabama. I get losing four in a row to Texas A&M. It happens. But not Missouri. And Missouri, it's not like they've just been dominant. You know, they haven't been just like up here. They've been middle of the pack to to down here. I mean, if you go back to 2017 when they rushed back at Ar- against Arkansas – really started that downward spiral. Maybe you say that was the Auburn game, but that, that one certainly didn't help. But Missouri wasn't very good that year. Keys to victory, always the same. Penalties, turnovers, special teams, injuries slash COVID. All those things are going to play a big role. And the, the special key is third downs, which we've been talking about pretty much all day. I like to ask 10 poll questions. These, you can go to hogsports.com and vote on these. What's your level of dislike for Missouri? Most people are picking I have a growing dislike for Missouri. Who makes your blood boil? So I listed several players for Missouri. Eric, Zeus, Beisel, you remember him? Arkansas might as well not even show up. And if they do show up, you know, they're going to get their butts kicked, all this stuff. Just talking so much trash. And had no reason to talk trash. Had no re- This is back in 2016. Had no reason to be talking any kind of trash. Missouri was not good that year either. They were especially not good that year. Maybe at 17 they were okay. 16 they were not good. He had no business talking like that. And then, of course, Arkansas goes down there and they beat him. They beat Arkansas. So Eric Beisel, everybody was super ticked off of that guy. Jonathan Nance. Four games, I'm a red shirt myself, and I'm transferring to your cross-divisional rival, Missouri. You got a lot of votes. Kelly Bryant, kind of struggling Arkansas along. The rumor is that one of the Arkansas coaches went up there for his final visit up to Carolina where he lived, and uh, he no-showed him. Akil Byers, that's kind of a tough one because Akil was never offered by Arkansas, but that was still one of the weirdest no-offer I mean, he's a four-star defensive tackle in Fayetteville. Committed to Alabama at one point. Ended up signing with Missouri. Demaria Crockett, kind of a similar situation. Well-regarded recruit, recruit out of Little Rock, and uh, Arkansas didn't didn't offer him. He ended up going to Missouri, and he didn't go. Arkansas didn't offer him. He went to Missouri and ran for over a thousand yards as a freshman. Doriel Green Beckham, who has got the most votes, forty-one point two seven. 
That could be for a lot of reasons, but it looked like Arkansas was in great shape. This is back in 2012. No, 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 no. When was that? Yeah, 2000 and – is that right, 2012? I guess he made the right decision because Bobby Petrino ended up getting in a wreck and ruining everything. Felipe Franks, total yardage against Missouri. Most people are saying 250 to 299. That's 40.87% of voters are saying that. Connor Bazelak, passing yardage. That's total yardage, by the way, 250 to 299. Passing yards for Connor is, most people saying, 200 to 249, right at 40%. Traylon Burks, receptions. Most people, this is a pretty wide range. There's a pretty good number of votes, anywhere from four to eight. But most people said six. I'd like to see him have eight catches and eight rushes. That would be fine with me. But he's only had 15 touches once. I think he needs to have 15 touches every single time he's out there. How many yards will Traylon Smith amass, both rushing and receiving? Most people, 40%, a lot of 40% on here, say 100 to 124 yards. I think I voted a little bit more than that. I think he could have a nice role and a nice little bit of a bounce-back game. Arkansas's best defensive player, not specifically about this game, but 43.93% say Jalen Catalan. Next most, Grant Morgan. After that, Jonathan Marshall. After that, Bumper Pool. And nobody's close after that. Asked which team do you like dis- do you dislike most? I listed uh, all 13 of the other SEC teams and Texas. Texas only got 9.08% of the vote. Texas A&M actually got more. 18.49%, which is second. Auburn. 28.24% to lead as the most disliked team. Who's going to be the breakout player? 47.46% think TJ Hammonds is going to break out. It's going to be his game. Next most, Hudson Henry, 226 Hudson's done some good things. He hadn't had that just like huge game. Trey Knox, 21.28. Who would win in a fight? This is always a popular question. So I went back and found – like every defensive tackle who's been drafted at Arkansas over the last 40 years or so, I think Dan Hampton was 79, so a little over 40 years. I also include Sasha Lancaster, just for the fun of it. I probably should have included D.D. Jones. He got in a lot of fights in practice. But the number one voter-getter was Dan Hampton back in 1979. This is like as everybody like went back in time to their last year at Arkansas and met up in 2020. After they asked, like, why is everybody wearing a mask? You told them they had to be in a battle royal. Who's going to come out on top? So most people said Dan Hampton. The second most people said Jonathan Marshall, 29.98%. So those two were very close. The correct answer was Malcolm Shepard. Only 7.02% of people voted for Malcolm Shepard. But he's the correct answer here. He wins this fight. Marcus Harrison might win it too. But I'm going with, I'm going with, with uh, Malcolm Shepard. I may even throw a dark horse candidate of Sasha. Who will win and by how, how much is the 11th bonus question? Arkansas, by 8 to 14 points, 47.37% of people said that. We'll take a look back at those later. See how right everybody was. What else do we want to get on? You know, I, I, I brought this up a little bit, but, like, who could return who are seniors – there's 16 seniors that are playing right now. you got three guys who opted out, Jerry Jacobs, Rakeem Boyd, Jaboise and Juana. So 16 guys. Devion Warren's a strong possibility. I think Hayden Henry is a possibility. 
Ty Clary I could see coming back. You know, Ty Clary is an offensive lineman, never redshirted his first year. Dorian Gerald, possibly. I don't think he's quite had the season he thought he was going to have. Had, some, had a, you know, some injury situation early in the year. So, he's a possibility. Felipe, I think, probably will go. You know, he's a guy that also redshirted his first year at Florida. He's been through quite a bit. Been in college. This is his fifth year. Jack Lindsey, possibly. Not that he would add just a whole bunch in terms of on-the-field presence, but he's a likable guy, guy people like on the team, starting holder. Tyson Morris, I think it is an opportunity for him to come back. Micah Smith, been injured most of the year. Grant Morgan, see what the NFL says. That would be awesome to get Grant Morgan back. thing with Grant, I don't know that like he's going to improve his draft stock any by coming back. Deion Edwards hurt all year. A.J. Reed's possibility to come back, he's got to look at. T.J. Hammonds, who's been here for eight years. <laughs> Jonathan Marshall, I think, has positioned himself pretty well to move on. I don't know if Jaboisian Juan is still going to remain with the team or not. Myron Cunningham, look at his draft grade. Make a decision after that. I think Blake Kern would be a very welcome addition. Xavier Kelly, maybe. You know, a lot of those guys, like, if you've been in college for five years, I could see, like, okay, I'm going to move on, but we'll see. Greg Sankey kind of ripped into the ACC a little bit. So, this is an article from Riley Gates. SEC Commissioner Greg Sankey was critical of the ACC for canceling games this week that effectively ensured a Clemson-Notre Dame rematch in the ACC championship game. Sankey made his comments in an interview with CBS Sports that was posted Wednesday. I was surprised to see the announcement, Sankey told CBS Sports. It begs one question. If their two most highly ranked teams were, for instance, ranked 5-6 and six in, the C- in the CFP rankings, would this decision have been made? A little shade at the ACC, which I, I have nothing but love for the ACC, by the way, because they were right there with the SEC. We're playing football. We're getting through this. I mean, so far, like, despite all the naysayers, and, yes, there have been coronavirus cases, I haven't heard of, like, a lot of, like, health any health issues, like, any serious health issues I haven't heard about with any players, not to say there's not been some, but I think – it's pretty clear right now that the correct decision was made to move forward with the college football season. That seems obvious to me at this point. Like even some of the heart stuff that they were worried about is, you know, more research has shown not as big a concern at all as it, as it once might have been when the Big Ten came out and said they're canceling or postponing the season, which they were wrong for doing. I think it's, it's you know, it's played out to where – the people who said let's play football, let's let's do it this way, were were right. I mean, Arkansas, we're going to find out tomorrow on the Alabama game. But if that's scheduled as expected, and Arkansas makes it through and they play that game, then Arkansas will have played all ten games that have been scheduled, and only had to cancel one, postpone one, I should say. Be interesting to see what this thing looks like next year. You know, as this vaccine starts rolling out, people start taking it. Obviously, you're going to take your health care workers, frontline people are going to get it first, which is obviously important. Senior citizens, people over 65. I'm not sure if they'll do over 75 first or how they'll do it, if they'll stagger it. But, um, you know, people over 65 probably be next. This hasn't been, like, put out there, finalized or anything, but that's how it looks. You guys might find this funny, but 
if you start hearing some nail guns and stuff, it's my roof. My roofer is up there right now. I hear them. Hopefully they're done with that today. Yeah. All right. I'm going to look at and see if we got a couple of questions here and there. Gary Thomas, like my impersonation. Appreciate that. Wesley Harris says, I'm absolutely the best. Let's <laughs> just say I'm okay. Scott McCattery says, are we playing Bama this year? We'll find out uh, tomorrow, December 4th, what, when that game is scheduled, and it should be December 12th. Larry Bateman says, sad to see Boyd and his draft stock is very low, and you think you won't walk out into Razorback Stadium on senior day, Yeah, which would be part of the most disappointing part of quitting. I, I agree. I mean, I think – I mean, obviously, I'm going to give the benefit of the doubt because everything going around with COVID. And I think it's possible also that he's just been dealing with so much and, you know, wants to rehab. But I think he could have done that sticking with the team, you know. I don't know. We don't know what all is going inside the, the program, but it's disappointing regardless. Anthony Jant Tanner, Tanner says Vanderbilt needs a coach. Larry Bateman says Southern Miss hired Tulane OC. Yeah. But he's been – I mean, he's been brought up with – you know, brought up with that game, been brought up – or, excuse me, with that team, been brought up with some other games. Chase Hogan Jones says, Trey, buddy. Sam Kerr says, it's hard not to be disappointed in Boyd walking away as a team captain. Not a normal – I mean, I agree with you. And I think – I think probably 75% of Razorback fans, if not more, feel like you, Sam. The only reason I hold back a little bit is because I know there are always things behind the scenes. You know, there's always – an injury or, you know, maybe a real issue popped up. But 11 days, man, 11 days left. If Spivey keeps his grades up, he could be Smith's backup. Yeah, we'll see what happens with Spivey. He's opted out. I don't know anything about his grades. Josh Gar says, I live in Emporia, Kansas, 100 miles west of Arrowhead. Was looking forward to that one. I was too. I've been to Arrowhead twice. The two times I went to Arrowhead, I went to see Darren McFadden his rookie year when he had a really good – I think he ran for like 157 yards or something, had a really good game. And then uh, I went and saw Matt Jones also play with Jacksonville his rookie year. Those are the two times. Randall asks, who do we see the top backup? I think probably Hammonds will end up getting the next most. But I see like 90% of the carries for running backs at least going to Traylon Smith. David Hayden said, um, I'll sign up this Monday. Okay. Appreciate you, David. Odom Revenge says Scott McAdry. Anthony says Bryles needs to open up the playbook. He did late against LSU, and it worked. I mean, they still had that long pass to Burks. It wasn't like a super deep one, but I want to see him get some more touches. Yep, Hogs look really sloppy in the second half. Absolutely. David says, didn't Spivey leave? That's uh, getting really active. Y'all probably can't hear this. This one does a pretty good job of localizing the sound. Um, Spivey opted out. I'm not sure. I don't know if he's going to return with the team. I can't remember. Maybe he did leave. I can't even remember. Seems like it's been a million years ago. Got to win this game. So tired of losing to Missouri, says Nathan Espinoza. All right, 
Griffin People says, do you think Kendall Browse will try to sustain drives for this game? We got wrecked in time of possession against LA. I don't think that they're going to change how they run offense. I mean, they're they're going to go fast. That's what they do. So, Don Eldred said, did Oglesby leave the team? Is he still injured? He uh, had, a, I believe, a season-ending injury. Something with his foot. David Honey says he agrees the LSU game should have been canceled. Philip Patterson says line KJ as a running back. I mean, if you need some short yardage, he's a guy that could get it. That's a good point, Philip Patterson. David Honey agrees. Don Eldred said you can't cancel if you don't meet the benchmarks. True. The SEC is the one that cancels the games. But, I mean, if it's me, and I think other teams have probably done something like that, if I look at my team and I'm like, whoo, we are really limited here, I'd be like, hey, Torian, you got to go into quarantine. Hey, <laughs> you know, hey, Mateo, you got to go into quarantine. And then this is, you know, you you were in contact. Okay, you were in contact that much. I, I'm serious. I, I think probably teams have done stuff like that. And, you know, I think Arkansas probably saw this as, a you know, an opportunity. They wanted to make sure that they play LSU. LSU looks very beatable. Uh, but just missing a little bit too much on the defensive line. Who are the officials for this game, says Larry Bateman? I'm not sure. It's a good question. I know who we hope it's not. All right. Jonathan Moses says, Trey Flowers, question mark, heavyweight. So I didn't include defensive ends, but Flowers would be a good candidate. Dietrich-wise, I mean, Dietrich has the, the longest reach. Cliff Boyd says, Mark Curl sucks. I can't disagree with that. You suck, Mark. What has happened to Trey Knox this year, says Dustin Hoofman. Trey, just he just hadn't never got off the ground. I mean, he just, just hadn't worked. Your roofer should be a special guest picker. <laughs> All right, here's the last one. Derek Simpkins says, isn't it nice to head down the stretch, one, not worrying about who our next head coach is going to be, and two, wishing we were looking for a new head coach. It's been a while. It is. You know, if you think about it, the last three years and going into this year, let's see, it'll be a different coach. So you got Bielema in 17, Morris in 18, Lunny in 19, and Pittman in 20. So, each of the last four years, they'll have played a different coach. Well, there's plenty of ways to watch and listen, y'all. <laughs> Pittman always says that. Well, to tell you the truth, there's plenty of ways to watch and listen. You can always tune in on Facebook Live, YouTube. Be sure to throw us a thumbs up if you haven't thrown us a thumbs up on YouTube on this on this video. And subscribe if you haven't. Subscribe to the channel. Most of the people who watch it aren't even subscribed. So subscribe. Hit the notifications bell so you're notified anytime we upload new videos. Also available on Apple Podcasts. I always ask for that five-star rating. Please throw us, if you like the content, throw us that five-star rating. If you don't like it, then why are you even listening, right? Uh, and, and leave a review. Let people know what they can expect. It certainly helps. That helps more than anything. Throwing that rating, leaving a review, 
interacting with the video, letting other people know, sharing it, all that stuff helps. So we appreciate everybody for doing that. Once again, thank you just so much to everybody that signed up for the 75% off deal. I know you're going to be pleased. The reaction we get from so many people is like, didn't know this was here, didn't know this was that, you know. And of course, thank you to everybody who's been a longtime subscriber and supported this site along the way. Not able to do what we do without you guys. Also available on Spotify, Stitcher, anywhere else you can think of to find your favorite podcast. All right, everybody. Arkansas beats Missouri this Saturday. I'm calling it. It's been Trey Biddy with hogsports.com. We'll catch you next time.